Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Hi, this is Nick Koya with the Portage County Safety Council, and I'm here with Mike Thompson as our manager of our Portage County Safety Council. How's it going, Mike? Good. How are you, Nick? I'm doing good. You know, we cover a, a wide variety of topics all the time, and some of them are really upbeat and fun, and some are a little more serious. And today's falls into that category, but I think it's an important message we need to get out there, especially in today's environment. OSHA has started the uh, Suicide Prevention Stand Down Initiative, and this runs from September 6th through the 10th. And initially, it was directed towards construction, but we feel as though here at the Safety Council that this applies to all industries, and there's pieces that all of us could learn from and some steps that we can take to identify these signs and actions we can take to help protect our workers, because we want to protect them not only at work, but at home also. So Mike, can you tell us a little bit about the suicide stand down prevention we have going on? Yeah, I just want to start out with two stats you see there in the screen, Nick. The first one is the construction industry has the second highest rate of suicide in the United States at 53.3 per 100,000 workers, according to the CDC. That's mind-blowing. The second, if you would ask me before I heard this information a couple of years ago when they started really focusing on this, I would, I, it would have never been in my top 20 probably, never even thought about it. But the statistics don't lie. They, should, they reveal like a key area. But as you said, Nick, this affects everybody, which goes to our second bullet point here. In the U.S., there are approximately 123 suicides per day that breaks down to one death every 12 minutes. One death okay. every 12 minutes for everybody across the board. You know, that number there is staggering to think about. You know, suicide is something that has, you know, been part of our culture for a long time. And I know that we try to identify things early and respond to that. But to know that we're still seeing 123 suicides per day, that's just, it's unacceptable. And I think there's things that we can do as employers to help intervene. Because let's be honest, we tend to spend more hours at work than we do with our own family sometimes. Yes. Usually waking hours for sure. And one yeah. of the key things you said, Nick, I think, you know, I don't want to wait till the end to hit this, is prevention is key. I've worked with in shelters from homeless families to veterans and all the way across the board for the last 10 years. And I'll tell you what, is is every one of these cases that I see, if we would have intervened maybe at 15 or 16 or maybe like even 25 or 30 years old, what we see at even 50 and 60 may not ever happen. And, and it's not an age thing. It's just saying prevention is key to this. If we go reach out to people, we see people in need. If we don't ignore it and we just have a conversation and be present, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a counselor, but just be present, start a conversation and allow people just to kind of vent and go through and start to help process whatever they're going through. We may never, ever get to suicide. And that to me, that's the thing through EAP program at work or just a buddy or a family member, just to be present and, and be aware of what's going on. So we'll be talking about this here in a, in a minute. You know, this has a stigma that you and I have talked about so many other times, and that's, you know, the same stigma mental health has to it. You know, people don't want to reach out for help. They don't want to talk about it because, you know, there's this stigma in America about suicide, suicide prevention and mental health, where, you know, if I had a heart issue, I have no problem taking a pill. But if I'm struggling with something, talking to somebody about that is that that's a no-go for some reason. And we really got to change that here, not only in Portage County and the state of Ohio, but nationally too. Right. And this, this is real relevant for construction, Nick, is I am a firm believer in grit. But part of the issue is sometimes we try to tell people to grit through things or to man up or get through whatever language we're going to use. 
and and there's a there's a good truth there's a lot of value to that but the problem is if we just keep plowing through stuff but don't take care of ourselves it's almost like an accrued interest takes place there's a compilation of things and it just gets worse and worse and worse we stuff and stuff and stuff until you know next thing you know we don't we become numb or isolated or you know hopefully we don't ever hit that point but suicide starts to be become an option in the way we're thinking how we're going to handle this thing and so well, and i think that's part of it is the workplace environment creates this right you know we know construction workers they're rough and tough right that's that's just the stigma that exists out there mm-hmm. so you're not allowed to talk about anything there's no safe zone there and i right. and i'm not trying to create safe spaces and we know those are sometimes trigger words for people but there's no place for you to to really communicate about what's going on you know and, and you see things like you know um youtube and TikTok and and, and they talk about this and, and while it's entertainment purposes i've seen this repeatedly especially over the past couple of months is when a person gets to the point where they say it is what it is that's where things have gotten really bad for them they've just given up hope of trying and and so those should be warning signs i believe for people absolutely i've noticed numbness in my work when people become numb i, I went through this myself in my 20s I just became numb to certain things and that kind of scared me into okay i need to get some things fixed but it literally numbness, when you stop having an emotional response and you become indifferent and apathetic to things, that's that's a huge red flag. Yes. Tell us a little bit about actions that people can take uh, from living conditions to environments. What can we do to, to help reduce this number that's happening? Yeah. We just need to support a healthy lifestyle. We need to support mental health and we just need to be present most often. Here's four things from HECMO, as you see at the bottom there. It's number one, recognize it. Look out for these signs that someone's struggling. We've all seen that. You know, uh, maybe someone's not combing their hair the same way, right? So they're just carrying themselves. They're isolating. They're usually real talkative work. Pay attention to it. Don't just kind of write off when others having a bad day. It could be, but if you start seeing that go on for weeks or months, you definitely maybe want to interject and start a conversation there. Number two, talk about it. Connect with someone you trust. If you're If you're wrestling with this yourself, reach out. Hey, I'm really struggling in this area. You know, I talk about the hierarchy of care that we talk about is is first is, hey, can I take care of this myself? Self-care. Number two, if I can't, is something my support system can handle? If not, I need to seek professional help. And I don't want to delay that. If there's something like my colleague from Family and Community Services, Jennifer Parmenter, who's a clinical counseling supervisor, says, I asked her, Jennifer, when is when do people need help? She's like, whenever you can't handle something on your own, it's time to get help. And number three, support others. Let them know you're there to listen and find help if needed. I think this is one of the biggest truths we could talk about, Nick, because I think the biggest thing we struggle with is I can't talk to that person. I'm not a professional. I don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't have to. Years ago in college, I worked at a pizza shop and a coworker came home from Afghanistan and went through some traumatic experiences. And I knew nothing. I was not in social work at the point, knew nothing about this stuff. And I was just like, he, he was just numb. He came back and started to share his expression and feelings. He went through a divorce. And, and I was like, hey, man, I have no idea what you're going through because I never lived it. But, man, if you need to get help, you can just get help. We care about you too much. And there was just a conversation. He would open and talk. He's like, man, once you've seen the things I've seen, it's different. But there was a conversation. He wasn't defensive. He didn't attack. There was no rejection issues that I had to be afraid of. There was just an earnest conversation that, hopefully let him down the right road. When I think, you know, I want to stop you for a second there and, and 
throw my two cents on this. You don't have to, like you said, know about it, but you need to listen. You need to actively listen. And that yes. means just be in the moment. It means if your phone's going off, you're putting it off to the side. If this person's opening up to you about something, you know, you're not worried about what's happening over here. You're not shuffling papers. Sometimes we just got to stop what we're doing and just actively listen. And you don't even have to say anything yourself. Just let them talk and let them see that you're actively listening. And that can open the door for you to help get them where they need to be. Absolutely. And the last one is get help. Reach out to your doctor for support and guidance. If you think, if you're working with someone that they're dealing with suicide, maybe you reach out to someone else. Maybe you reach out to HR. As long as it's done in a caring, empathetic way, it's better than the other options. So let's talk a little bit about the warning signs then. What should we be looking for that would trigger our need to go to HR or to maybe sit the person down and say, hey, you know, everything all right. Let's have a conversation, whatever it may be. I love the information they give you in the stand down. It says, it's not always obvious when a friend or coworker is struggling, but they often show signs of suicidal thoughts in subtle ways. While some comments or threats could sound like just talk, they can be dangerously quick and it's important to step in and speak up if you see these warning signs. Again, it's more about seeing the red flags and then start to interject in conversation to kind of dig deeper or maybe just to help them process. One is anxiety or agitation. The people appear nervous, shaken, or worried. We've seen that, but normally out of character for them. Hey, you seem really shaken up. Is everything okay? Real simple conversation there. Uh, aggressive behavior, uncontrolled anger. Now, there's some people that may have a tendency for this, but if you start seeing some extreme favor, like punching a hole in the walls, kicking the machine at work, there may be time to try to intervene. Withdrawal, this is a huge one. Uh, they stop talking to friends and doing things they used to enjoy. If you're in a lunchroom and you see people, they used to hang out and have a conversation, play cards, whatever sit by themselves, sit in their car, start to avoid people. Huge red flag. They feel like a burden, feeling like they've let coworkers down or family or they feel worthless. Whenever I hear someone talk about being worthless, you know what I do, Nick? I don't just acknowledge those feelings. I begin to speak opposite in the situation. And that's a powerful tool I've used in the shelters for a long time. If I sense they're feeling hopeless or helpless, I just start testifying of how I see people come through it and how they've overcome and just Give them encouragement and say, hey, you're worth it. You're worth seeing this through. So reckless behavior, changing habits, depression, increased use in alcohol or drug use. And again, Nick, this is usually shifts in behavior. We can look and say, I know people that do all this all the time and they're not suicidal. True. But if you see a shift into this behavior or you see it more in the increase or more frequently, that's when it becomes a major warning sign. Well, and this comes down to a key safety point I talk about often in our talks is good safety managers, good leaders know their employees. They know what the baseline of their employees is, and you can identify these pretty quickly because you know your employees. When you're leading, be it safety, production, quality, whatever, and you're doing it from your cubicle or your office, and you're not engaged with people, and you're not leading people, you're not going to notice these things, and you're not going to have a successful program either. So knowing your employees is going to help you identify this earlier. Now, Mike, there's times too where there's imminent danger, things that we need to act on immediately. We can't wait and we can't put it off and ponder it. Um, so can you talk a little bit about these signs of imminent danger and, and how we respond to that? Sure. Signs of imminent danger. People are feeling desperate. Mentioned they don't see their situation changing or way out feeling trapped. That's a key. That's a huge warning sign for hopelessness. And usually you'll see a pattern of people just get more hopeless they find out that suicide is their only option and it, it's their best option. And they almost feel, even though from the outside, we can see, hey, you have several other options. 
they don't see that. It's almost like when that flight or flight mechanism kicks on our brain, we, we, we only have two, we feel like we only have two options. There may be three or four other options we can have yet to sort through yet, but that's that feeling desperate. There's no way out of this thing. That's a huge sign. That's a huge sign of eminent danger. Tying up loose ends because people that, that are going to walk in the suicide, they want to start putting their fares over because they still love their loved ones. There's a, you know, there's right. a thing like, People used to wrongly say all the time and accuse people that are suicidal, they're selfish and they only love themselves and they kind of guilt trip people through it. That's not, that's, that's not true at all. They may have passion for that, but maybe they just see no way out of their situation. So if they start putting things in order, shifting some insurance around, doing different things to make sure loved ones are going to be safe while they're not talking about suicide, they, that could be a warning sign. Hey, man, this, this could really be happening. Saying goodbye. This is huge. You know, it's not common for people to write notes letters because they want to just let them know and have share them express those feelings so if you start to see people get that emotion where they want to say goodbye or just make sure they 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 go out and know their love before this happens that could be a warning sign sudden mood changes big one there talking about suicide or wanting to die now again this is often like well people are just saying it or they always say it no take this seriously because this this is a, our words are an expression of our thoughts and emotions so these things okay and if they're not talking about this, they're not. But there, there could be these other signs here. And let's see how this goes. Well, let's take every one of those as an example. I'd rather be safe than sorry if my loved ones, Nick, or coworkers. If they start making subtle or indirect or vague comments about there's no hope or I, I don't want to do this anymore is a big one that I've heard. Man, this ain't worth it. I don't want to do this no more. None of this is worth it. And you hear that kind of stuff. They may not be saying I want to kill myself. What they're saying is they're shooting out these warning signs of these feelings that are often corresponding with that too. And the last thing is seeking access. They start looking around for the tools they need to complete the act of suicide, such as gun, prescription, or other means. Maybe you see uh, an internet history from what they're searching on for search items. You know, you can't do anything. You can't even talk around your iPhone anymore without advertising pops up. So maybe that's something you see. You see advertising on the family computer or on your phone, and you could go back and check that history and say, what is this? Someone's looking at this. And, and that can be a key warning sign. And when you see people are seeking access and they have the means to carry this out, that's a huge, you need to take care of it, call the authorities, whatever crisis hotline you need to in that moment. You know, so when we see these things, obviously we talk about here, we want to bring this to the attention of a foreman or supervisor if we're an employee. But if we're in that leadership role, then we need to start that conversation and we need to lead that employee to the, uh, you know, help in some manner. And one of those ways that we can do that is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that number is right here. It's 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. This is a, a suicide prevention lifeline that's available 24-7. And it's a way that you can help people connect with somebody to initially help them through this process. Absolutely. Again, Nick, what Jennifer Parmetter from Family Community Service said, how do you know you need help when you can't handle it on your own? And just like we said in the very beginning, the key here is prevention. If you know someone's struggling with this or you're struggling with yourself, do the self-care you need. Reach out to your support systems. But if you still can't shake it off, get that professional help. No one's going to judge you. And even if they're family members or friends you think they're going to judge you, it's better for you to go through the process of that freedom and just feel that sense of life and liberty that you get from that freedom and not struggling with that anymore. And just to tell people out there, Nick, if there's one last thing I could say is, just you're worth fighting for. A lot of the people I worked with, they just they don't feel loved and they don't feel worthy. 
They don't feel worthy of life. They don't feel worthy of fighting for it. They don't feel worthy of sticking up for themselves. And that's a big one. So I just want to tell you, if you're struggling with this, please call this hotline. Maybe see a local counselor. Do whatever you have to do. Reach out to family or loved ones, healthy family members, not dysfunctional ones that's going to cause more issues, but healthy loved ones, people that you can talk to and realize that at the end of the day, you're worth it. You're worth fighting for. That's great information. And, you know, Mike, I want to say thank you for uh, doing, leading this talk today for us and bringing this information up. So important. You know, we talk about planting the seeds of safety and saving lives. This is just another way we want this information to be available to our members and all those workers here in the U.S. Hope everyone has a great day and continue to be safe. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.